0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Day five of the great experiment. will be on a full week. Here we go. Let us start with baseball. In the event that there's no season at all, the players and the owners have reached this agreement. The players will get 4% of their salaries, but they will get a full year of service. The sexy fact about this is that it's possible, if that happens, that Mookie Betts would become a free agent without ever playing an inning for the Dodgers who traded for him. If you're the Dodgers, Wilbon, how do you feel about this?
1: Well, if you're the Dodgers, you're not happy. If you're the rest of us, you say, sorry, I mean, you know, I'm not going to be you know, overly committed emotionally to what the Dodgers have going on is 30, 29 other teams. Tony, I understand it. But again, in the in the in the climate that we exist in now, then everybody's got something. There's some sacrifice involved for everybody. So I'm not going to get weepy because the Dodgers don't get mookie bets. I will say this, too. Look, you know, this is the strongest union of all the sports, the Major League Baseball Players Association. It is the strongest. If they sign off on something, this is what they want. They don't cave nearly as easily as the NFLPA has in past situations or even as uh, uh, the NBA's Players Association has. So the baseball is the strongest. They know what they want. This extra year of service is obviously important to them. And so that's what they got.
0: I'll just go to the Dodgers for a second. If this happens, it will be the worst trade ever, ever. And it's not even the Dodgers' fault because they did the right thing. If one or two of the prospects that they sent to the Red Sox has any kind of decent career, the Dodgers will, will just go, what did we do here? To your point about what the players got, I think the players have won here because they get the extra year of service. This is a deal—you saw this with Chris Bryant and the Cubs. I saw this with Bryce Harper and the Nationals. They kept him in the minor leagues as long as they could so they wouldn't lose this year of service. What the the players have done is they've taken two in the bush. They've bet on themselves and their futures, and they're okay with this. People will say that 4% of your salary is terrible— Try telling that to people who work in department stores or the food industry when they don't have any jobs at all. But I think the players come out of this thinking this is a victory for them. And I guess I'm a little surprised that the owners went for it. But as you say, in the times in which we live, everybody wants to look at a sport as going forward together. I think this is going to make Rob Manfred want to get a season in more than ever. What
1: do you think? Tony, totally they'll want to get a season there regardless of any particular provision. But let me just mention this. Going back to the Dodgers to wrap this up. I mean, you said it's going to be the worst trade in history. Suppose the Dodgers, just as a free agent, sign Mookie Blaylock and keep him. Then oh, it doesn't look so bad. Well, Mookie backs. I, I'm Mookie sorry, Blaylock, not Mookie Blaylock at this point. I just had like a real <laughs> yeah, senior right. flashback moment. <laughs> Mookie Betts. M- Mookie M- Betts Mookie would be great. Yeah. Mookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mookie be Betts would be better for the Dodgers than Mookie Blaylock. But so if they keep Mookie Betts yeah. tone, it doesn't wind up being they're that good. bad a deal for the Dodgers even, does it? Oh no, it's it's the no. exact deal that they want. Oh no, no, yeah. they're
0: fine. They're fine at that Mookie point. Mookie
1: Blaylock, yeah. that would be the worst deal ever. Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> God. Man, uh, Tony. Um Let's go to the NFL for a second. And, of course, Roger Goodell and the memo that he sent to teams in which he says he confirms the draft will go on. as scheduled April 23, 4, 5. And then he says public discussion on issues related to the draft serve no purpose and will be grounds for disciplinary action. He's talking essentially to his yeah. GMs and anybody else in the league that wants to sort of take exception to what Goodell says. How do you feel about Goodell's gag order?
0: Okay, so let us start with the fact that it's a good thing they're going to hold the draft. Football is in the news. This gets on television. Everybody's happy. Even you said the other day you understand why they want to hold the draft and it's okay. So we'll put that to the side in terms of this. This is crazy and thin-skinned to be threatening. There's no reason to do this. What you say in the memo is something like this. Let's all get together and put the best face on this. But you don't threaten to do it. Why does he do it? Because he rules with an iron hand. And yes. because of all the commissioners out there, Mike, all of them, he's faced the most criticism, certainly from us. And, and he's, he's thin-skinned at this point. That's what
1: Tony, I think. Tony, it's worse. You, you're right. But it's worse than that. It's heavy-handed. It's like, not, and, you know, if Roger Goodell ever wonders why so many people feel the way they do about him, particularly in his own sport, and I'm talking about the players, this is one of those things. But as usual, Tony, he's he's tone deaf. He's tone deaf, it seems, almost all the time, if not all the time. You won. You got what you want. And then you have to, you know, go bad, bad Leroy Brown and wear your ring on everybody's nose. What I mean, what is the purpose? Does anybody... Does Goodell have an inner circle where people say, you know, just pipe down, Sparky. You've won. You don't have to come out as the heavy here. So let's look at a a couple of dynamics
0: that are in play here. First of all, the owners want the draft. They almost unanimously want the draft. This is aimed, as you said, at GMs. GMs are afraid to make a pick. They say, give us more information, give us more information. They're scared of this circumstance. So what they'll do is they'll leak bad stuff about it, but they'll leak it anonymously. Mike, I don't think that there's (laughs) going to be any big disciplinary action. I think that it's sort of like when commissioners say, don't criticize officiating. There'll be a small fine fine there. Yeah. Yeah, and they're gonna, and I don't think they're gonna take away a draft choice. I think it'll be overblown. But you're hundred percent right. It makes Goodell look bad. Let us move now to LeBron James. LeBron James was on a podcast, the Road Tripping Podcast, with a couple of guys he used to play ball with, and among the things that he said on this were once again. I don't want to play if there are no fans. We need fans. I can't imagine it. He also said that the layoff has not particularly helped his 35-year-old body. And to another point, he said, we should not go straight into the playoffs. Should have about five or ten games before the playoffs. He said, if you go straight into the playoffs, his word, you discredit the games that have been played already. And he wants there to be that playoff
1: race. Wilbon, do you agree with LeBron? Tony, not particularly. I mean, I, I understand why he feels that way. I do. I get it. And I, I'm i not going to even be remotely critical of it. But it may just not be possible. Again, we, we, we're not talking about the best of all worlds in these situations whenever, you know, sports are allowed to resume. I mean, we're talking about the, the worst situation. You know, sort of setting up this circumstances. So no, I don't know about that. Let me go straight to the, the really important thing I thought in this discussion was when him, he, him talking about, you know, I don't need a layoff. People may think the extra time helps me, but it doesn't. And I, I remember, I'm pretty sure, I don't have notes in front of me from 23 years ago, but talking to, to Michael Jordan about a similar circumstance that when you are in your mid thirties and you get yourself going, these guys are so, finely tuned as athletes. And people don't, people don't realize the work they put. I think they just think they go to, you know, a goals gym and work out. No, they don't. I mean, what they do to get themselves prepared in their mid and late thirties is just extraordinary. And the break doesn't help them. So I get that. That's what I would expect to hear from LeBron. Having talked to other older players over the past 30 years. And so that's the interesting thing. But I don't I don't know about the about the, uh, uh, the, the the fans. We don't. I agree with LeBron. But is that possible?
0: No, no. I mean, that's beating a dead horse. If you have to play the games without fans, it, we all agree that fan participation makes for rivalries, makes for excitement. But if they decide they have to do it, they have to do it. I thought it was a little bit counterintuitive. I'm interested in what you're saying about Jordan. Because to me, I would have thought that this break helped. I want to get to the playoffs. At this point, Mike, the ninth team in the West is three and a half out, and the ninth team in the East is five and a half out. I, I, we're all sheltering in place here. You played three quarters of the season. Go right into the playoffs. If you haven't right gotten to the playoffs, in now, you're not going to get in. But Tony, go right this speaks to the playoffs. It, it may be lo-
1: September, Mike, and may go beyond. I agree with you, Tony. I would just say, though, that they sort of dovetail. LeBron is—I'm sure he wants to play some games again to get himself going because the layoff is not helping him at this point of his life physically, and I think it may have something to do with that as well. And there might have to be a prolonged training—not prolonged, a training camp of some sort. They may need two weeks to a get week. themselves going. A week? Oh, no, not I don't—man. No, don't, take it. Take advantage
0: of it and play right now. In LeBron's case, this may be his best and last chance to get a championship. Just go. Just go. That's what people want to see. They want to wait. We're going to be waiting for sports for so long. They want to see the sports, I think.
1: You're old. Can you just go now, or do you need a warm-up? I need warm-up. I don't just go. Boom. (laughs) As Dolly Parton
0: said... Tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition. Boom, go.
1: Boy, I bet people didn't know they were going to get Dolly Parton wisdom today. We're going to take a break, Tony, well, but we're going to throw Mookie it. they not
0: know about Mookie Blaylock either. No,
1: they didn't know about Mookie Blaylock, I guarantee you. <laughs> Geico has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere. Which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like Animal Control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum. Hi, me again. Uh, you guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. I uh, Listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away. But now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back. <laughs> Geico, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit.
0: Happy time, kids. Go to the glasses and read. Happy 57th birthday, Randall Cunningham. 30 years ago, Randall Cunningham was just about the only NFL quarterback who made his living running and passing. In 1990, with the Eagles, Cunningham ran 118 times for 942 yards, an average of eight yards a carry. He made the Pro Bowl four different times with the Eagles and Vikings. But he was looked at as an oddity because almost all the quarterbacks then were pocket passers. Cunningham was born too early. Imagine what he'd be like now when offensive coordinators and coaches look at Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and they say, give me a quarterback like that,
1: I'll score 40 points a game. Tony, I know this makes you happy because I remember it being in the Washington Post newsroom in the early 90s And Randall Cunningham was your favorite player in the league. You'd go crazy over him. Tony, I would say this. I remember the play against the Giants when Carl Banks thinks he has a sack and Randall goes down to like his fingers and he pushes himself up, runs right and makes that throw. I think it was a touchdown. By the way, don't sell our friend Steve Young short when it comes to running and passing because he, in his early, in his youth, Tony, he could do both brilliantly as well as Randall could.
0: But Steve Young always told us that he became a better quarterback when he stayed in the pocket and didn't have to run. If you remember, he told us that. Happy anniversary, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. On this day, 28 years ago, those two actors formed an unbeatable two-man basketball team as the movie White Men Can't Jump was released. It was written and directed by Ron Shelton, who also wrote and directed Bull Durham and Tin Cup, giving him three of the greatest sports movies of all time. Snipes played Sidney Dean and Harrelson played Billy Hoyle. In the all-star dunk contest this year, Milwaukee's Pat Connaughton channeled his inner Billy Hoyle showing up for the contest with his hat on backwards and a pair of
1: floral shorts just like Woody Harrelson. Sadly, he didn't win it. No, Tony, and he had some of his dunks, at least two of them, undervalued. So if, about a couple of weeks after that, I talked to him in Los Angeles He'd be one of the top three people I'd want as five good minutes on PTI. Completely engaging, curious, a wonderful conversationalist. Look forward to seeing more of Pat Connaughton. I really do. And by the way, I'm going to watch that movie again. i never watched it in full again. I got nothing else it's to great. do. I may as well check it out again.
0: No, no, it's a great movie. And I know some people at PTI. We could probably get him on. Happy trails to Antonio Brown joining Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay coach Bruce Arians put his foot down and said, absolutely not, no, no way to the notion that Brown would become a target for Brady. Arians' exact words to the Tiki and Tierney podcast were, quote, yeah, it's not going to happen. There's no room, probably not enough money, but it's not going to happen. It's not a fit here, unquote. What makes this more significant is that Arians was offensive coordinator for the Steelers when Brown entered the league. So clearly Arians knows Brown and clearly doesn't want anything to do with him. on this feels like three strikes and out for Antonio Brown in the NFL. What
1: do you think? No, Tony, I think somebody else will, uh, will take a try on him, we will take a turn with him. I wouldn't have him. At any price, I wouldn't have him. He's too disruptive, and Tampa has receivers. They got great receivers now. They don't need Antonio Brown coming in disrupting what they've got. No, I understand Arians completely. I'm on your side on this one. I am. All right, Tony. So um that's it, right? I mean, we're done with casual Friday now. You can just go and play with your dog, and, and we're done until Monday. So have a great weekend, boys and girls.